Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with the caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 56 of Date Yourself Radio. My name is Veronica Grant and I'm a dating mindset coach for smart, ambitious women who want to find and keep their perfect for them relationship. And if you're new to the show, make sure you scroll back through the archives, listen to some episodes that really resonate with you, and then come find me on Instagram. I'm at Veronica E. Grant. And let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any questions and if there's any topics you want me to cover that I haven't covered yet. Either I can do it in more interview style, the longer form podcasts that I release on Thursdays, or if it's like a short question um, that I can answer for my quickie episodes on Monday, I am happy to do either. So I love hearing all the feedback and just getting questions from you all because really I am doing this podcast for you. I am not here to hear myself talk or to watch the little the audio thing wave up and down as I talk on my computer as mesmerizing as that is, I am here for you and to serve you. And that is my number one priority in creating this podcast and really everything that I do over at veronicagrant.com. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm really excited about today's episode. And, you know, I've mentioned some things about the current political environment and on my Instagram account, but I haven't really talked much about it publicly. Um, in the podcast or anything like that. 
Um, but I just want to take a, um, just a moment and just a, to not pretend like there's a huge elephant in the room and also to share with you that I really believe that the work that we do here in the date yourself community and the work that I do with my clients inside the boot camp and privately is a lot of the same stuff that you see going on in the world around you. A lot of people say that the future is feminine and I couldn't agree more. I think that the more women that Um, wake up and that um, really figure out what their voice is and who their authentic self is and start sharing that, then the world will be a transformative and a much better place. And I don't mean that means everyone has to, it's only with people with certain opinions. I truly believe that women truly want the best for um, themselves and for other women and for, for all people. And I think the more that we're able to to come into that and into our voice and, and and confidently share what we believe and our opinions and our thoughts, then the better it will be. And I was thinking that this is essentially what I do just inside of the the dating world. If I had to boil everything that I teach to my clients, it's basically figure out what you want, figure out why you're scared to ask for it, and then here's how you do it. And that's really what I I do. And it's the same process that you go through if if you're in the if you're involved with the women's march or any other type of political movement that's going on. It's really the same work that we're doing inside the boot camp. And I've heard a lot of women, especially because we're in the middle of the Date Yourself Challenge, if you're listening to this recording around the time that it actually um, aired, then um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I really want to, you know, do the date yourself challenge and I'm interested in the boot camp, but I'm really concerned because I really want to get involved with um, the political things that are going on. And, and I just, I'm really overwhelmed and I'm just not really sure what to start, what, where to start or what to do. And if you're in that position, then you're going to love this episode because I invited my friend Belinda Wolfson onto the podcast today. And I met her actually through a coaching program that I did with my coach, Hillary Rubin. And I met her in real life at a retreat that Hillary did almost a year ago. Um, So it was March of 2016. So it really was almost a year ago. And she really helps women to find their voice. She calls herself a female empowerment uh, coach. And also what she does, which I think is so cool, is she's also a documentary filmmaker. And so, which is really just about collecting stories and sharing a story and a voice with the world in the form of film. And I think that is just so awesome. And I just thought it was so relevant to... Um, to kind of what's 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 going on right now, and if you're if you've never been involved with politics, you've never voted, or you just voted because in, based on who someone told you to vote for, and you weren't really sure what you believed or what your opinions were, or maybe you're super active and um, you're just really overwhelmed with everything that's going on, or somewhere in between, then I think that you're really gonna love this episode and what we have to to share, and we try to keep it as apolitical. It's not really about whether or not you who you voted for or what you like or what you don't like that's going on in the world right now. It's really just about getting clear on what you believe and standing behind that unapologetically without fear of what other people will think or what other people will do or, um, or pissing, you know, someone off. So it's all about that. And I think you're really going to love it. And one thing that we talk about towards the end of the episode that I do just want to point out here, because I think it's so important 
is everyone knows that in dating, I, if you've been listening to this podcast, at least, you know that I talk a lot about how you have to fill your own cup first and take care of yourself in order to be a, um, a good partner to your, the person you're with, or just to be, um, in a place where you can have a more fulfilling, loving relationship. And the truth is, is that it's the same thing when you're talking about any type of, activism or social work that you want to do. So if you want to be involved with your community, if you want to um, organize or lead protests or postcard writing days or evenings or um, knock on doors or do any of that kind of stuff, then you've got to fill your own cup first. And so it's really not one or the other. So if you've been doing the Date Yourself Challenge and most people who know who are in the Date Yourself Challenge know that the doors to the dating mindset bootcamp are opening soon. It really doesn't have to be one or the other because the quintessential thing that you learn in the date yourself challenge and the dating mindset bootcamp is how to put yourself first and then how to ask for what you want. And so it's, it's really one and the same. It's not mutually exclusive. They're not really two different skill sets at all. And I think when you hear Belinda and I talk a lot about it in the, in the episode today, you'll, you'll begin to understand and, and see, and see why. So I mentioned the date, um, the dating mindset bootcamp. So enrollment is opening if um, very soon. If you are listening to this the day that it recorded, it's only open for people who are joining the um, the attract your soulmate um, without losing your soul a workshop. So if you're in the in the date yourself challenge, you've heard all about that workshop. If you want your hands on that this workshop, which I love, it's definitely a fan favorite. Um, then just join the Date Yourself Challenge because it's the free workshop that I do for all, all challengers. So to join the workshop, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash Date Yourself Challenge, and then you'll hear information about the upcoming workshop. Um, because through the weekend, the boot camp is only open to um, Date Yourself Challengers. They get first dibs because there's limited spots and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then after this weekend on a Sunday evening, which is the 12th, the Dating Mindset Boot Camp will be open to to everyone who wants to find a, a new way to date this year in 2017. I used probably probably a little bit overused, but the quote by Albert Einstein where he says, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expe- expecting a different result. And it's overused and whatever, maybe cliche, but the truth is, is that it's overused and cliche because it's so freaking true. If you just do the same thing over and over again, get online, then offline, then send the same types of messages and then, and then stop and then use your profile and then stop and then have the same types of dates going out, the same types of guys for, and wishing that one day, one thing, something will change. It's just, it's just a pipe dream and you're setting yourself up to feel like you're insane or to feel like you're crazy and to feel like nothing you do is working. So the boot camp is really your opportunity to, to allow me to guide you to create a new way of, uh, of dating and, and of loving and really of living. A lot of people will say after they go through the boot camp, it's really just a life course on how to just live a more fulfilling, more authentic um, life. And again, it's really all about learning how to um, honor who you are and speak up for what you want. And again, whether it's in dating, relationships, politics, work environment, career, all that kind of fun stuff, it's all one and the same. How you do one thing is how you do everything. 
So to learn more about the bootcamp and all of these links will be in the show notes. And again, enrollment is opening on the 12th. If you're not in the date yourself challenge, then you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash bootcamp and you can learn more about just the curriculum and um, the the process and how it all works. And it's really one of, um, I mean, it is one of my favorite things that I do in my business. I love, I love, love, love leading the women through it. I open enrollment only two or three times a year. So definitely a limited time that you have that you can, um, you can join us because module one will start at the end of this month, but I am just so, so excited for it. Okay. Enough of that. Let's get back to today's episode with Belinda. And I want you to consider these questions as you're listening into our conversation. So are you afraid of pissing someone off if you speak your truth? And do you look for approval from others, whether it's the person that you're sitting across from on a date, or do you look for approval from your family and you make decisions off of that, or does it paralyze you from doing what you really want to do because you're afraid you'll be judged or you'll upset people or people won't understand? Do you apply for jobs or do you not apply for jobs that you're you think you're not qualified for, or you have to have all the credentials and that holds you back because you believe maybe, um, they won't, they would never hire you anyways, because you don't have X, Y, Z qualification. Or do you not put your name in the hat for a promotion because you're thinking, well, well, they wouldn't promote me anyways. Do you struggle to find your voice and do you not sure what you believe or what you think about different things, whether it's what you Maybe you don't know what your boundaries are or know what you want in a relationship, or maybe you don't know what you believe. There's so much stuff going on politically right now. Maybe you just simply do not know what to think or what to believe anymore. And do you see dating as a drag or as an opportunity for personal growth and evolution? So I want you to keep these questions in mind as you listen in to the episode with Belinda today. And again, you can get the links to all the show notes um, and to all the, the, we'll mention some more links in the episode and all the links that I mentioned with the date yourself challenge and the boot camp and all that kind of fun stuff. You can grab those at the show notes and they'll be at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 56. So the number five, six. Um, you can also just tap your podcast player at Stitcher. I'm not sure exactly how you you um, you work, but if you're listening on your and your um, iTunes, you can just tap the podcast, like the the big picture of the podcast artwork, and it actually will um, show the, all the show notes, so all the notes from today's episode, including all of the links that I mentioned here in the introduction, as well as some of the stuff that Belinda and I talk about in our conversation. All right, let's get right on to the episode. everyone and I have got Belinda with me. Hello and welcome to the show Belinda. Hello so happy to be here thanks for having me. Yeah I am so excited um, to have you on the show so for everyone I met Belinda um, about a year ago well I guess we were in the same we were in the same coaching program but then we met in real life in LA um, almost a year ago so I'm so excited that you um, are coming onto the show to talk all about female empowerment and using your voice and finding your story and all of that fun stuff. Um, so before we get there, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do today in the world? And I always like to hear people's stories of how they got to where they are right now. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so I am a female empowerment coach, um, and an activist and a filmmaker. Um, and how did I end up where I am? <laughs> you know, it's like, do you have all day? That's what I always think. Oh, yeah. Ask me that. <laughs> what version of the story do you want? Uh, I think through my own struggles, really. Like, yeah. my 20s were hard for me. And I, 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 really, I really kind of believed in purpose throughout my entire 20s. And, like, was like, here we go. Here's this journey. And, and it wasn't until I realized in order to find my purpose and my place in the world I had to go inward um (laughs) and like figure out who I really was and and what I actually believe in and and the message I want to share with the world and like what what just speaks to me in such a true way and you know it's it wasn't until the last couple of years that it was like oh it's this female empowerment thing and it's coaching and helping people with this actual struggle that I've been struggling with mm-hmm. <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so can you talk it, a little bit about what that struggle was? Like what was so hard for you in your twenties? Yeah, I think I, I was your like your typical straight A student people pleaser, like mm-hmm. excelled in everything. And then I got out into the real world and I was like, Oh shit. Like I have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to do next. And it was just the thought of going into a corporate office that like made my soul shrink a little bit. And <laughs> I was like, that's not, that's not me. And I don't fit in there. And, um, you know, I, I focus on female, like me personally, I'm very tapped into my feminine. Um, and in, in today's world, you know, really owning that and, 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 kind of operating from your feminine, it, it's hard to like find your place and, and find that like monetary success and, yeah. and all of those other pieces um, by truly kind of showing up exactly as you are and in and, and your true authentic self. Um, yeah. I so, can totally, yeah. Re- I just want to pause. I can just totally relate to having straight A's and being quote unquote perfect and you get out into the real world and like like I did all this to sit in a crappy cubicle. Like, yeah, what? what? That. <laughs> this can't be real. Totally, life. totally. And I, I think I had, you know, like so many millennials do. Like in my head, I was like, oh, there, there is a perfect career for me. Um, and I, I, I kind of became obsessed with finding the perfect, the perfect job. And it wasn't until I realized, oh wait, like, no, that's not, that's not the case. You know, I'm gonna have to forge this path on my own and, and just like kind of figure it out that I finally like relaxed and realized it was, it was more of a journey and figuring out of who, who I am as a person, um, as opposed to what this perfect job was that I'd been so locked in on. So. Oh my gosh, I can totally relate to that. 100%. So how did you get to, um, you know, figure out who you are and what you want to like, what did that journey, that path look like? Um, I I jump from one thing to the next, like I'm a total experiential learner. So I just, I immerse myself in whatever is in front of me, whether that is comedy. I was in Chicago. I did comedy for four years. Um, second city, like up on stage, improv, stand up, storytelling, you name it. Um, and then like that turned into storytelling and I realized like what a profound thing it is to connect with other people through story and that led me to go back to school for documentary film um and then it was like that experience as the documentary filmmaker sitting down with people connecting hearing their story and realizing 
holy shit, we all have the same struggles. Yeah. <laughs> we are universally connected through the fact that we all experience loneliness and we all experience confusion. And, you know, there was a lot of people I talked to that like did feel a sense of purpose and were experiencing a lot of pain because there was disconnection from whatever that purpose was and actually showing up in life. Um, and so it was just interesting how that slowly kind of evolved back into working one-on-one with people in a very different capacity as a coach. Um, and then paired, paired with my own experience, even in comedy, like I experienced sexual harassment and discrimination as like, you know, a, a blonde, like a blonde woman, like up on stage, like surrounded by men and, you know, experienced terrible things. And that was actually like one of my first films that got like a lot of attention was a short film on sexual harassment and discrimination in comedy. But just the That's fact so, that I just would- want to pause you. That's so interesting because I've, um, I, I listen to these other comedians. Um, they're these girls. They do the "This Is Why You're Single" show, and um, it's it's one of my favorite podcasts. And they've talked before about how comedy is still rampant with sexism, and you even think about it like in everyday life, like you know, like how is um, you know Chris Rock treated versus like Amy Schumer, or um, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 crazy how like you have to be male to be funny or like if a woman is being funny, then she has to like put herself down or like have this, I don't know, this persona that is self-deprecating. It's, 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 um, it's very alarming. Yeah, no. And, and I think, I think that's what sort of like led my, my search and like mm-hmm. it, it just, it spread far and wide to kind of an overall gender equality thing and how rampant it is in all industries. It's yeah. not just comedy and, sure. It's so hard to talk about it because um, so much of the discrimination is like very, very subtle <laughs> mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's truly kind of what took my coaching and wanting to work one on one with people and directing it to like female empowerment. And like there are so many ways we hold ourselves back, you know, as, as women and, and just living in the culture we live in. Um, so what are some um um, you know, some of those subtleties that you found when you were, you know, um, you know, out there getting people's stories, making the documentary, um, you know, something where you wouldn't necessarily realize it was sexism, but really it is. Do you have an example? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we can talk about like corporate specifically in that corporate world, women, women and men truly have different different brains and and we operate very differently and and so many women um (laughs) there's like a language around it that makes it like totally pc and it's like individualistic thinker versus relational thinker Mm -hmm. and so many women are relational thinker which simply just means we we think of everybody and we want to make sure everyone is taken care of and we want to make sure everyone feels included and um we also see the big picture and we see the problems that might arise and what we do is we take care of those problems before they actually surface as opposed to so many independent thinkers which are so many like so many males are independent thinkers and a, a problem will arise and then they put it out like they 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 are essentially fire firefighters <laughs> um, and they put the problem out and then they get the recognition because so many corporate offices operate on a status-oriented like ladder, basically you climb the ladder of the corp, you know, like the corporate ladder that everyone yeah. talks about. 
Um, and so you have a woman in an office who's doing all of these things, taking care of all of these people and taking care of problems before they even occur. And she doesn't actually get any credit for it because she's just keeping everything at bay, but she's working really, really hard versus a man who there's this thing in front of him that needs to be taken care of. He takes care of it. And then because everybody actually gets to witness that, he gets the credit and he gets the promotion. So (laughs) it's so subtle, but like, it, it affects, you know, these little subtleties creep in everywhere. And even like an example for in the comedy world, it's just like you have to almost work twice as hard because when you get up on stage as a woman, there is already the cultural assumption that men are funnier. Even if people are like, no, 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 I don't believe that. Like that has been fed into our culture for so long yeah. that as a woman up on stage, you have to be twice as funny <laughs> just because of that like underlying subconscious belief that's just like permeating our, our culture. And there's so many little things like that, like that applies to like corporate stuff as well. Right. So it's, it's really fascinating once you start actually like exploring and looking at these tiny things and, and how it affects just being the success of women. Right. It's yeah, it, it is. It's so subtle and it's so nuanced. And you know, the only reason why I feel like, I have um, any awareness of it in a systematic way is simply just because it's what I studied. Like I was a sociology major in college and without like really looking at, at it, like in a, in the way that like you would, if you were studying it, like, I don't even know if you would, cause I think there's a lot of women, maybe even women that are listening to this that don't even realize all the subtle um, ways that they're held back or discriminated against. Yeah. I mean, there's research on voices even and, and how, people are more apt to like respect a leader if they have a deeper voice, you know, like it's, it's, it's peculiar, but it like, it exists and it needs to be acknowledged. (laughs) So So what do we do? Um, I mean, I guess the first thing would be the awareness and hopefully this podcast is bringing about some awareness, but let's say we have awareness. Um, you know, what are you supposed to do about it? I mean, especially if it's things like we're not going to walk around and start talking with a deep voice. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So what do we do? Um, well, so much, so many of my clients that I work with, it's, they are, they are so powerful in their own right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing that I come back to time and time again, and this is, is (laughs) been the advice that I, I lean on consistently and it is truly showing up truly as yourself and not apologizing for it and not censoring yourself um, and speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I use a lot of language like, <laughs> like we all have that light inside of us and actually like shining brightly and taking up space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, women especially are notorious for keeping themselves small um, in the world and you know because it feels safer a lot of the time Um, Mm -hmm. it feels much safer than actually taking up space and being heard and (laughs) existing in a big powerful way in this world which right now is a scary place to be living in Mm -hmm. Um, and so like the more we can identify the ways that we are holding ourselves back and the more that we can just show up is, as our true selves, as our most authentic versions, the more, the more powerful we become. And then, you know, it, it, 
some of a lot of this other cultural stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people people respond to how you are showing up, like even just kind of energetically speaking. Um, so if we personally can just move through the cultural stuff, sometimes the cultural stuff shifts in our presence. Um, so, I mean, so with that, so by showing up, but that just means simply like, um, um, you know, if, if, if you have an opinion or a belief, or if you see something, um, and someone else sees a different way, like to call it, like basically like, you know, the example that you gave where the man's putting out fires and gets all the, the recognition and the woman is making sure everyone's taken care of and fixing problems where they arise. Like, um, you know, is that a situation where you're talking still about just showing up authentically and speaking up? Like, would it be like, are you saying like, actually like, you know, kind of call yourself, not call your, call the person out, but like actually saying, Hey, like I've done all of this stuff and he just put out this fire that he ignored, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially especially in like an office setting, like mm-hmm. definitely stand up for yourself in terms of the work you're doing and you know, how often are women overlooked for promotion and it's not there and <laughs> you know, speaking up in those times is is essential not only for yourself but for like the other women that work in that space and and for the like the younger versions of you that are like just starting out at that space too. So, you know, it's not an easy ask by any means. And there are, you know, what sucks is that there are actual repercussions. And that's, that's what's so scary about speaking up in in corporate offices and, you know, in the comedy world, there are actual repercussions. You know, you get blacklisted, you get marked as a troublemaker, you get marked as like someone who's not easy to work with, not a team player. Um, so, you know, for me, for me, unfortunately, like I left, I left the comedy world because I was like, I don't, I don't want to be in this space, yeah. <laughs> um, which sucks. And, and I'm not saying that that is, that's the solution. Um, but like honoring, honoring yourself and honoring your own truth. And like, if you are working in an office and, and you speak your truth, you stand up for yourself and you know something happens then like you have to actually ask yourself is that actually where you want to be working do you want to be working in a place where you can't stand up for yourself and you can't speak up when something is wrong um so yeah so I know you've done a lot of um you know collecting stories and talking with people and um you know as a filmmaker so where do you find that and I'm just going to, you know, just because this podcast, most of the listeners are women. So sorry, men, if you're listening. But um, <laughs> where do you find that women most lose their voice? Is it corporate? Is it in family? Is it in relationships? Is it politically? Where do you find it's most problematic? Um, goodness. Or maybe I'm, make, I, I'm basically like saying, pick your favorite child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so much of it is like finding finding it in the first place, and once mm. you once you once you find it and own it, I think it just applies to every area of your life. Oh yeah, I like yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like one way that I kept myself small for a very long time 
after years of like doing deep, oops, are you there? Oh, sorry. Um, after years of doing deep, deep work, like deep, deep work, you know, I traveled the country. I worked with spiritual teachers. I like really figured out who I was and what I stood for. Mm -hmm. And I was ready to emerge into the world. (laughs) I was ready. Um, and then I stood completely still. I, I was absolutely paralyzed. And I was like, why am I not showing up? <laughs> why am I not doing the things I want to be doing? And and it suddenly became very clear to me that I was looking for approval. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for approval from outside of myself. Um, and part of that was my upbringing. You know, I said I was that straight A student. I Part of the reason I got straight A's was because I was pleasing everybody around me. Like I was the high achiever that, you know, always, and that didn't really translate into the real world, especially when, when what I started doing and what I was wanting to do was not traditional anymore. You know, I, you know, it was <laughs> totally kind of off the beaten path. Um, and it kind of made the people in my life a, a little uncomfortable to be honest, and I was still seeking their approval. Um, so the big shift for me was when I was like, oh, it's not coming. <laughs> it's never coming in any way, shape, or form. No one's ever going to come up to me and say, oh, you're exactly who you think you are. You are a leader. You are this powerful creature that has the power to help other women. I, I had to just start doing it. Um, because, you know, because I am that person. And I think that's a message I give to so many of my clients. Like, you are exactly who you think you are becoming. Um, so don't question that for a second. And don't let the fact that we kind of live in a society where so often we're seeking approval from others be the thing that stops you from becoming that, like, really powerful version of yourself. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I think a lot of women listening can will be able to relate to that because I know a lot of people think well I'll go out and date when I feel more confident or when I feel better about myself they're they're just waiting for something to happen like as if it's gonna arrive and um it it doesn't like you just have to start doing it and one thing that I say is um experience creates no evidence creates confidence so you know, you can, you just have to, you gain evidence by just doing it, by getting out and collecting evidence. Okay. Like this works, it doesn't work. And just experimenting and exploring and getting better at whatever you're trying to get better at. And then that's where the confidence comes from. It doesn't just like, it doesn't just come by like thinking about it totally. <laughs> or, or analyzing it. It's not an intellectual exercise. Yeah, no. And you know, a lot of my clients, you know, it, the dating thing overlaps with everything, right? It's like the Mm -hmm. same messaging for every area of your life. And so often it's like a scary thing. And it's like, if you can shift that fear to excitement, because it is literally the same, like part of your brain that experiences both. It is that frontal cortex that experiences It's that fighter, that, that caveman fight or flight. Mm -hmm. If you can shift that like fear to excitement and make it like, I can do this. Like, <laughs> like this is exciting. I have like, this is an opportunity to learn and evolve as a person. Um, you know, and doesn't that just apply to dating and like moving out into the world and making those steps either in your career or, you know, yeah. for me, just like, you know, being politically active. Like I have to, instead of being scared, I have to be like, no, this is exciting. <laughs> like go do it. Yeah. Um, 
otherwise I would be absolutely paralyzed and still like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to make any progress. So, yeah, so let's, um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, the political climate. And I know for everyone listening, this is not going to turn into a political show, so don't worry about it. But, you know, I just think that we're living in a very interesting, um, a lot of stuff's going on to probably understate what's going on um, in the world right now. And so at the time we're recording this, it's early February for everyone listening. Um, And this will go out in about mid-February. So who knows what will happen between now and then. Um, But, you know, I've, you know, a lot of people are getting involved in activism and politics that have never been involved before, like whether it's going to protests or, calling senators and, you know, your representative and, and all of that stuff. So, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like how is finding your voice like re related to that? And, and do you have any insight into, to, to being authentic in that realm without, um, you know, maybe pissing off people that don't agree with you? Um, yeah, I, I love what I have seen in terms of women rising up and and using their voices. I honestly believe that like women are going to be on the forefront of change for a very long time in our mm-hmm. culture. Um, and you know it it is you still it's you still got to fall back on that. Who am I, <laughs> and what can I do to help? Um, because I think something that's very easy to do right now, um, is compare yourself to what everybody else is doing. Um, and that, that does you no favors, um, you know, because then all of a sudden the guilt creeps in and, you know, the, the shaming of yourself, like I'm not doing enough. Um, and there's also, you know, the other, the other piece of that is, is just the overwhelm. Like I'm sure so many people can relate to, like scrolling through their Facebook feed and being like, Oh my God, I haven't called enough congressmen and I haven't done this yet. And I haven't donated enough. And I haven't, you know, like there's this endless list of things that we should be doing. Um, that just becomes really, really overbearing. Um, and so, you know, it's so important to just keep coming back to you, like really kind of standing your ground and being like, number one, I need to take, care of myself because I am an avid believer that if you are not taking care of yourself, if you are not serving yourself, then you are no good to anybody else. Uh, you know, you actually do a disservice when you go out into the world and try and start trying to help and you are empty. You haven't like filled up your self care tank. You haven't made sure that your basic needs are met and that you're taking care of things. I'm so glad Uh, you're saying this within the context of, um, you know, within political activism, because, you know, obviously everyone who listens to my show knows that I talk about this all the time in relationships and dating. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're going to be a crappy partner and it's just not going to be a healthy relationship. But you, so you're saying it's the same thing totally. when it comes to your activism. Totally. And then it's, it's also being like, cool, how can you specifically help? Like there are a lot of people doing thing that doing things that call to them as individuals that are not going to call to you. And that doesn't make you more or less successful as <laughs> someone who's politically active. Like what can you personally do? I've had, I had a client who was feeling really, really low. Like she wasn't doing enough. 
Um, but she was also in the middle of like launching her own business. And I was like, you know what you can do right now? You can focus on your business and have one more successful woman out in the world who's self-sustaining and having an impact and helping others and bringing joy to people's lives through her business. And that's going to have like way more of an effect than if you, you know, try to go do five other things because you feel obligated to and you do them all half heartedly. Um, and then, you know, she was talking about how she had this opportunity to talk to a Girl Scout troop. And I was like, yes, that that is what you can go do in the world, because right now we need to be encouraging our young girls to step into the world in a powerful way. So like. Stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and go help those girls and go start your business. Like, that's all you need to do. Like, you can be at peace now. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's really kind of coming back to yourself and being like, cool, what can I do right now that actually speaks to my own truth and my own passions and my own talents um, that's going to have an impact in the world that's probably different than what everyone else is doing. But hey, like, isn't that the beauty of it? Uh, like, I, I think that if all women actually just showed up in their truth and in their authenticity and showed up in that light, holy shit, we would have a huge impact. Yeah. We would have a huge impact because we'd all be doing something different. But, you know, so much of the feminine, so much of the beauty of women gathering is that we are nurturers and we are protectors and we, you know, are creators mm -hmm. um, and, and we make sure everyone's okay. And we make sure everyone rises up together. Like that is, those are literally at their core of true feminine values. Um, and isn't that just what our country needs right now? Yeah. <laughs> in, and making sure everyone's okay and making sure everyone's rising up together and inclusion of everybody, of everybody. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I really, I just can't get past, like, women are going to be huge in the next four years. Yeah. Huge. I totally, I, I totally agree. Um, I know, I remember the day of the Women's March after the inauguration, there's all these quotes, like, the future is feminine. Um, and I love that little, that little meme or that little um, quote. And, um, but, you know, all of this happens after you fill your own cup up. And I just want to just, you know, for people who are listening who, um, you know, if you feel like you should be doing more or, or not sure what to do, um, you know, I always talk about boundaries. I don't know if, I, if you have anything to share about that, Belinda. But for me, like, I've had to greatly reduce the um, emails that I read and time on Facebook because I get notifications from the Hill. Cause I used to work in DC and I was on a political campaign. So I, was, I used to be very, very active and very, very in the circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I get notifications from the Hill and I get like something from foreign policy and I get something from New York times and my, my email box was constantly like, he said this or, or she did that or he signed. I was just like, Oh my God, it was constant. And then of course, Facebook, everyone's posting everything. And, and so I just had to give myself permission of like, okay, I set up my monthly recurring donation to Planned Parenthood, to ACLU. I call my Congress, I call my senators, my congressmen every day. And then like, that's all I can do right now. Um, and, you know, like, like right now, like I'm in the middle of the date yourself challenge and the boot camp is opening. So maybe like in a month it'll be different, but who knows I'm moving. But I think having some really firm boundaries around, you know, I mean, and just anything, whether it's political or dating, 
you know, career, whatever. I think it's just so important. So I don't know if you have anything else to share. (laughs) I mean, boundaries are awesome. (laughs) Really, like (laughs) every area of your life. Um, You know, it's basically just saying this is okay and this is not okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like how often do we allow people or things or, you know, emails like to cross those boundaries? And really it's not okay. So creating those firm boundaries for yourself is so important. So, so important for your own sanity, for your own well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, I don't know like your client base, but I know for like a lot of my own clients and myself personally, like I'm a very sensitive person. Very, very sensitive. Very, very. A lot of people listen to this are too. In the sense of that, I hear Um, a lot in the sense of like they're afraid that the person across the table from them on a date is judging them for how they're acting or how they look. So, I mean, but that's being sensitive, I think. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, remembering that we are also picking up on like what is going on culturally around us. And so creating boundaries for yourself and that in that light as well is so important because you know like I I cried in the middle of my kitchen the other day and it was like what am I crying for and I was like I think the state of the world right now like (laughs) and like just making sure like you are releasing you are constantly kind of like releasing anything that's like building up inside of you and also like protecting yourself once in a while and that might mean not going on Facebook for a day and not exposing yourself and, you know, not feeling bad if someone wants to start having a political conversation with you and being like, Hey, I really value what you have to say, but right now I'm just not in a place that I want to be talking about this. Like that's okay. (laughs) Um, And I've had to do that many times, especially when it like winds up being my third conversation of the day with a new person and, that's their go-to instantly. And I'm like, Hey, I've already had two conversations about this today. I love you so much, but like, I'm so sorry. I can't talk about this again. Like for my own well-being and my own sanity, I can't talk right. about this right. today. Right. Cause I think, you know, we have, we got other shit we need to do. <laughs> yeah. you know, some of us have businesses to run or some of us are moms. We have kids to raise. Or it's so true. Yeah. To do. Like we can't, be bogged down and maybe some people will disagree with this but one thing that I've been doing is um so I have a a forgiveness practice and I don't do it every day I try to do it like once a month so anyone that I'm pissed off at or that I got jealous at like if I see another business owner and like I wish I had their website or um oh he said that or she said that um I just write you know everyone that I'm like mad or that triggered me in any type of way I write all their names down on a list. And then I go through and I just say their name out loud. I close my eyes, put my hand over my heart and I say, I'm sorry. I, all right. It's the, um, hope pono pono practice. So it's, I forgive you. I'm yeah. sorry. I thank you. And I love you. And, um, I, and I just sit for a second and like, I just really try to say that from a soul to soul level. Cause sometimes it's just like my ego and I'm just jealous of someone or someone triggered me about something else and it has nothing to do with them. Um, and it's really about, you know, me sometimes, you know, lately, um, you know, Donald Trump has been on that list every, every week. And it's really hard for me, but I, I really do sit there and I, and I really try to have that soul to soul connection with him because, um, I just, I just don't think that resentment really is helpful and, or, or the hate or, um, 
I, I just don't think any of that is is helpful. And it, it, it really does help me. I mean, it makes me feel better to where, A, I can serve my this community here better, but then it also helps me just to get through the rest of the day. And then, you know, I can actually call my congressman and not be like, you know, short or mean to the poor person who's picking up the freaking phone. It's not their fault, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so if anyone else is, is feeling, or even if, you know, it doesn't matter who you're mad at, if you're mad at Hillary Clinton, if you're mad at, I don't know, I was mad at Joe Biden for a while, but <laughs> like, whenever you're mad at politically, just <laughs> add them to your forgiveness Joe. list and, and, um, and, and just, and, and, and see what happens. And, um, it's been, it's been really, really helpful for me to just, you know, keep doing the work that I'm doing in the world while still being an engaged citizen um, and, and using my voice where I need to. And then also knowing where I'm like, mm, I'm done. Either like I'm not going to have this conversation or I'm not going to scroll on Facebook, whatever the boundary is. It's much easier for me to just say, nope, I'm done. I've done my, my share for the day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, totally. Okay. So let's, um, let's shift gears a little bit. So from away from the the political um, <laughs> stuff Ooh, um, to, to relationships. And I think we're going to find a lot of overlap. You know, I, I really do think that, you know, I teach dating, but I think you can fill in the blank for anything, whether it's career or, um, uh, you know, weight loss or body image or whatever it is. And I think a lot of it is all of the same practice. Um, but you, you mentioned um, uh, earlier that and not in our conversation, but, you know, when you scheduled to have this interview, um, that relationships are our greatest teachers. And I think that's so true. And I just wanted to get your perspective on why you think relationships are our greatest teachers. Um, yeah, this is a philosophy. I literally, I ad- adopt about every single person that walks into my life, not necessarily just relationships. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, I have found that and moving forward with that kind of ideology, every single person I encounter is an opportunity to grow and to learn and to evolve as a person, which ultimately, you know, for me is my end end goal. <laughs> that's why I'm in, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm here on the earth. It's like I want to continue to evolve as a human being um, to the best possible version of myself. And I think it's so true of people that come into your life and really bug you um and I think it's so true of you know relationships as well and I just think back to I I'm in a a, a very committed serious relationship now but I think back to the series of men that I dated before I met my partner and what I learned from each one of them that I honestly didn't know I was looking for in a partner Um, so to give you an example, like dating this guy for four months and being like, what, what is it that he's doing for me that feels so unfamiliar? (laughs) And then like having this aha moment, like, oh, he's supporting me in terms of (laughs) my goals and my ambitions. Like he's the first guy I've dated where I have shared my big lofty goals and ambitions in this world with him. And he hasn't gotten uncomfortable. And in fact, he's encouraging me and and supporting me. And then I had this moment where I was like, Oh, that's really, really important to have in a partner. And like, you know, it seems so obvious, but I hadn't actually experienced that before. Um, 
And so I kid you not, when we finally parted ways, we, we like high fived and we were like, thank you so much. Like, and I, you know, for, for me, for him was, it was like, I actually had honest conversation with him. Like if something mm-hmm. was bugging me, I didn't let it fester. I just said something from the very beginning I, that, you know, I was a very, very open communicator the entire time we were together. And he had never dated someone who did that. He'd been dating a series of girls that, you know, let things fester and didn't speak their truth. And so like, I kid you not, when we parted ways, like we like to, did like a handshake and like patting each other on the back. I'm like, thanks so much. Like, <laughs> I really appreciated that time together because we just learned so much. Um, wow, that's amazing. That's it was so such amazing. A, yeah, right. It was such a profound experience for me that that was like how I began to reframe dating. And suddenly dating didn't seem scary or overwhelming. It was like an opportunity to learn and grow and evolve as a person. And so it like, it it didn't, you know, I think what so many of us do when we meet a person and get along and then go on a couple of dates, instantly go to that place of like, is he the one, you know, like we want an answer. Raising my Uh, hand over here. That was my, (laughs) that was my thing. (laughs) Um, And so kind of just reframing it like it doesn't matter and we're supposed to be together and we're supposed to be learning from each other and that in itself is enough mm-hmm. because that's going to contribute to my own personal growth and isn't that ultimately what I care about exactly. um, so and like you know it, it's translated even into my relationship now like you know in the beginning I didn't you know I had a strong feeling he was the one, but I had to continuously surrender that relationship. Like, because if he's not the one, that's okay too. But what I am gaining from our time together is he is pushing me and helping me grow. And our fights are actually helping me evolve as a person. And he is challenging me in ways I've never been challenged before. So it doesn't even matter if he is the one, I'm going to continuously surrender our relationship because I am supposed to be here right now with this person. Um, I I love that so much, you know, and one question that I pose and I, I post, I, you know, on Instagram, I do like every other picture and then a quote. And, um, one thing I, I, I posed a question was what if every person that you ever dated, even if it was a one night stand or a 10 year marriage was your soulmate and some level on a soul to soul level, you two were supposed to have some sort of experience or interaction or something to um, learn some sort of profound lesson or have an opportunity for, for growth. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I couldn't agree with that more. And, and I think what's where a lot of women struggle is if a relationship ends, whether again, it was like a one night stand or, you know, a marriage, then we make it mean something that, you know, we're broken or that we're undateable or that we're not lovable or we're not good enough or whatever it is that we make it mean, but it can be a really an amazing opportunity to grow and evolve, just like you said. Totally. I'm big on um, writing writing the other person a letter after things end, mm-hmm. regardless if you send it to them or not. And, you know, I would say 90% of the time you don't end up sending it. Yeah. But it's, it's a letter thanking them, um, <laughs> thanking them for everything that you learned in that process. And that's not – it doesn't need to be – like super positive, you can thank them for showing you something you definitely don't want in your next <laughs> Um But it's 
it's just an opportunity to take away so much from that relationship that doesn't and it's it's not a reflection on you as a person it's literally like here's an opportunity to reflect on what I just took away from this relationship I'm going to thank them for all the things they taught me the good the bad the ugly yeah. and then I am going to use that as an empowering thing going into the next relationship or just being by myself for a little while I just learned a lot um yeah it's that opportunity to reflect that like kind of separates you from it um, and brings gratitude back into the whole thing. And, and, you know, for me, gratitude is my reset button always, oh, yeah. no matter what the situation is. Okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. I love makes- it. This is something that I've, you know, even my own current relationship that I've had to, to, to grapple with, especially as I transition from being a health coach into a dating coach, it's like, oh my gosh, what if Stevie and I get divorced one day and like I'm supposed to be a dating coach? Like what does that say about me or like my ability to help other women? But then it's like, no, it comes back to exactly what you just said. It has nothing to do with the the quality of the relationship or whether or not it was a quote unquote failure or success. Um, it doesn't mean anything other than sometimes relationships have expiration dates. And, um, and again, just I guess what you were saying earlier, just like surrendering to that and, you know, allowing it to just just to be has put a lot less pressure on the relationship and it's been a lot better you know I we're able just to flow more naturally yeah Um, yeah and I think I know I know like with my clients another huge misconception is that like when you are in a good relationship like things are supposed to be perfect like you're not supposed to fight or butt heads and I'm like what you know my question to them is like what would you learn from that (laughs) what would you what would you take away from that like not very much like you would just continue on being the same exact version of yourself that you went into the relationship as and for me every fight I've gotten into with my boyfriend like I have walked away with some pretty grand revelation I think I think maybe the issue then becomes if you are constantly having the same exact fight yeah then maybe maybe there's something to actually like hash out and figure out there and and see if you're a good fit. But like, I mean, for us, we got a, we got a whole range of fights. Like it's never the same. (laughs) To me, that's like an indication that like, cool, like we are, we are growing and we are evolving. We're moving past all the old shit that isn't causing problems, but like we're going into a whole new phase of our relationship and a whole new phase of our life and our whole, like a whole new phase of my, my business and his business. And you know, when we butt heads or have conflict, you know, he, it's often that he's challenging me and I am uncomfortable with something and he is actually forcing me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and recognizing that is like a really, really beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that. And I can completely relate to that as well. Um, Awesome. So I think this is a really great place to wrap up the interview. So before I let you go, um, I'm sure some of my listeners want to connect with you. So what's the best place for them to find you on the internet? Um, so you can go to my website. It is uh, Belinda Wolfson, uh, B-E-L-I-N-D-A. Wolfson is W-O-O-L-F-S-O-N.com. Um, you can sign up uh, for a newsletter, shoot me an email. Um, and then I'm in the process of setting up all of my social media stuff. I, 
avoid oh, nice. that for a while. <laughs> I avoid that for a while. So I'm yeah. going to have like a, a Facebook page and all that stuff soon. But um, Well, we'll put um, definitely the, the link to your site so people can find you in the, in the show notes. And the last question I always ask my um, guests is, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, um, for me, it's creating sacred space for myself, for whatever wants to kind of come up. So I will literally like hop on my bed and light a candle and make a cup of tea and like either pull out a journal or pull out my tarot cards (laughs) and like actually just create space for whatever I need to process to kind of like rise up and like create this compassionate, loving experience for whatever I need to currently work through to get worked through. So nice. Yeah. That That sounds awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much again for your time to come on to the the show. And I'm so glad you're able to share your wisdom with the Date Yourself community. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.